and welcome to Podcast and Curious with your host, me, Galena Ravina. I'm doing something a little bit different for this episode. I am recording a separate intro by myself, and then I'm just going to go ahead and attach the guest interview that I did this week because I was listening back to a few of my previous episodes and I kind of got the sense that I was doing my guest intros in a way that felt inauthentic to me. Um, I was doing them the way that I would do intros at stand-up shows for comedians, as if I was expecting, you know, clapping and I don't know, it just, it didn't feel right after a while. I was like, why am I introducing people with their credits as if I'm bringing them on stage? And then it, it makes it feel a little bit awkward in the Zoom call or, you know, the times that I've recorded with people in person, which are few and far between right now. But anyway, this is this is better, I think. This is better to come in and um, give a couple of updates and then tell you who my guest is this week, and then you can just listen to the episode. We just jump right in. So this week, I've got comedian Kelsey Cook on. Um, she's the best. She's just delightful. Super talented comedian. Um, she's also, like, apparently an expert foosball player, which is so cool and unexpected. And then as of late, she's also been publishing just these insane, you guys have to like look her up. It's Kelsey Cook Comedy on Instagram and and you have to go and you have to watch these videos that she's been doing with her dad. Um, I'm not going to explain it too much because she talks about it on the episode with me, but he's been playing um, just a bunch of different popular songs on the trumpet and it's freaking hilarious and we're really lucky that she's been sharing it with us Um, because it's just like good wholesome content there's truly nothing that can be said negative about it it is just sheer wholesomeness and joyful and um, more people need to take to making content like that Um, I wish I I don't know I don't have any musical talent so you're not going to get any of that here from me But yes, you should um, look up Kelsey. Uh, Hopefully you like the episode. She's got a special coming out soon, so she'll promote that in the episode as well. And then um, I don't have a lot of updates on my own. I did do a Zoom show this weekend, which was fun. It was the first time I had done a set since September, and it was nice to get the reassurance that I still know what I'm doing. I had written a couple new jokes. I got to run them. The Zoom room was very fun. It was right after the Super Bowl, too, so it was like everybody was winding down, and it was very low stakes, which is perfect for me. Um, If you've been enjoying the podcast so far, you can always reach out to me. Let me know. Let me know if you have any ideas for, like, future guests or for anything that you want me to talk about topic-wise. And then um, if you could do me a huge favor, no pressure if you don't want to, but if you have been enjoying it, if you could just give me a couple stars on the old iTunes, if you could rate and review it, that's always really helpful because it pushes the podcast up the charts. Yeah, let's just start this thing. Enjoy the episode. Bye. Hi, it's so good to see you. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good to see you too. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, You just mentioned we were talking. I didn't know you had a special coming out. Yeah, yeah. I I have a special coming out on Epics on Friday, February 26th. So it's part of um, a series that Epics did called Unprotected Sets. And so (laughs) 
which I love that name. Love a love a good pun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's myself and then a few other comedians each doing thirty minutes, and so my episode of it is on um, February twenty sixth. I'm so excited. Oh, how perfect! Congratulations, that's huge. I, you're like one of the few people even coming out with anything right now. Like we're so void of new comedy specials right now, so that's amazing. Thanks. Yeah, it was shot during the pandemic. It was shot during July, and oh. um, which is never like the circumstances in which it was shot is never how you picture shooting your first comedy special but my my managers called me and they were like look i mean it's kind of a period piece in a way i mean when else are you going to be able to shoot a special in a pandemic it's going to be kind of its own special thing so mm-hmm. it was shot outside and socially distanced and and all of that um but yeah it was it, i think it turned out fun it's just weird because a lot of us who did it hadn't been on stage for like four months yeah. and just just a weird situation but it was fun and I'm glad I did it and you shot it in LA I did yeah um kind of uh, up in the mountains by Burbank mm-hmm. and so I think it's attached to a golf course and they just spread people way out and it looks really beautiful it's just such a different vibe than a comedy club, you know, what you're yeah, used to. I can't wait to see it. That's so cool. And you got it in before things got really bad and you probably wouldn't have been allowed to do that if it was like a couple months later. Exactly. Yeah. It was kind of the sweet spot. So yeah. Okay. I have to fangirl out for a second on your dad and the trumpet and I need the story, <laughs> even though I'm sure you've told it a thousand times. Oh, thanks. That makes me so happy. You like it. I love it. Just the song choices. <laughs> And, and you need to tell me, cause I know you said like when he did WAP that that was like him surprising you, but like, please break down how he's getting these ideas for songs and like how you started with this. Yeah. So, so my dad is in the Spokane symphony. He's played trumpet professionally for like over 40 years. And, um, so growing up, I was constantly hearing him play in the house and practicing and stuff. And uh, anytime I would hear a song on the radio that had trumpet in it, I would kind of just in the back of my mind think, oh, it, it would be cool if my dad could play that. Mm-hmm. But I just never thought to ask. I don't know. And then it took a pandemic where I was visiting him in Spokane and he didn't have any work because mm-hmm. the symphony has been shut down. I didn't have any comedy shows. And we were just sitting at his place and I was like if I play you some songs right now some of my favorite songs do you think you could just listen to it and play it and he's like yeah so I played him DMX I played him Jay-Z played him Kanye West and just by ear Mm -hmm. he just grabbed a piece of computer paper and started writing the notes out and then played it so crazy I mean it's it's like learning a different language Mm -hmm. to be able to to do that and write it out and um it it was just so fun for me and obviously we all can't go to concerts right now and it was like I was getting to be witnessing a mini concert yeah that part of it too just and he's just in your living room doing DMX and I'm like how do you put trumpet in a song where trumpet doesn't belong and he like nails it exactly because yeah it wasn't there's so many songs that have trumpet I was like oh I wonder if he can do it but there are Mm -hmm. others that don't but that you can just play those notes and it works and so dmx was one of them and it's i can't even put into words it makes me so happy there's something so special about about it like hearing it live and i put it on instagram and people just lost their shit over it and thought it was so fun and so then 
people started sending song requests and then it just kind of snowballed to where the list of songs we have now is just staggering it's there's so many and we were doing it um like when it started was right when WAP was really Mm -hmm. getting going and so a lot of people requested WAP kind of (laughs) as a joke and I would read those comments and be like you know like whatever like he's not gonna actually do WAP but he ended up finding a way to learn it (laughs) and like he basically he wrote his own part for it like what he's playing isn't in it but it sounds just like melodically it matches up yeah perfect he has a mute it's a whole thing and so the take that you see in the video was the first take because i did not know that he was gonna <laughs> lip sync at the end and like <laughs> really sass it out and i just was like what is happening um so that's the take that went in there was like that was my <laughs> genuine mind-blowing reaction of like what is going on you should do the way that there were those kids bop albums where they would just like cover all the hits a little bit, but put their own twist on that, but like dad trumpet. Oh my God. Yes. That's, I, there's some that are, I think could become kids bop-esque mm-hmm. and I hope they never do because <laughs> bop is the absolute worst, but he's just, he's so good. It's really fun to hear what mm-hmm. he's capable of doing and learning so quickly and it's so fun to get text messages in the morning from him but he'll be like beastie boys reporting for duty and he sends me (laughs) a picture of beastie boys written out like all the notes and also what's fun for me is that he so he plays trumpet at a cathedral Mm -hmm. and a lot of time when he's writing out the songs he uses his music from the church like just the back of it so if you were to flip it over it's something that you would straight up hear like a hymn <laughs> with like <laughs> and cardi just, b and then like on the back is cardi b <laughs> and it's just yeah it's been really fun makes it so much better like I, just when you think no other detail can be sparkled onto it to make it more it's just like Mwah, he doesn't stop <laughs> he doesn't stop yeah it's I, I want to put that on my Instagram stories, but I also like I didn't know if that would get him in trouble at his job, so I didn't. But oh yeah, good point. I do love that. I love that part of it. That's so fun, and that's so sad that he doesn't get to work through all this. But at the same time, you're giving him an excuse to like pick up the trumpet and you know keep being yeah. passionate about it and keep like reinventing his himself as a trumpet player. He's gotten so into it. I mean. And I'm sure you feel this way too, as a comic to have lost all of this work, Mm -hmm. you lose your feeling of purpose. And sometimes you don't even realize how important that is until it's gone. And so um, this has really given him a purpose and we have so much fun interacting with people in the comments because typically a lot of content you put online, you're gonna get either trolls or at least some people leaving shitty comments. And really like 99.9% of the comments left on these videos are people that are just like, this made my day. This is so fun. Thank you for doing this. Here's a song request. And it's, it's just like a nice place mm-hmm. to be <laughs> during. That's such a, a rare run. corner of the internet. Truly. It is. Cause it's just, yeah, it's just fun and silly. And um, so we've really liked doing that. And 
we've like Aerosmith shared the last one and Quest. What? Oh my god! Yeah, Aerosmith reposted it on their Instagram and Kelsey. I know <laughs> it's been really fucking crazy. And um, Questlove from The Roots has been oh commenting on it. And uh, yeah, it's again we did it just on a whim as this fun thing to do on like a you know a weekend afternoon mm -hmm. and I put it in my Instagram stories and it's now turned into this thing that we are like, we schedule it. We have our songs listed out. I edit them. <laughs> I know. It's... I thought you were interviewed on the news. <laughs> yeah. We were interviewed on the local news. It's, it just took on a life of its own, but it's so fun. I'm, I'm really glad that we have it. And it's such a feel good story. And like, so few things are, and I bet, um, let me let me see if I'm right in assuming that you've already watched the Britney documentary. So it's if you were to look at my um, my planner, I have that for tonight. <laughs> that after we recorded, I was going to watch it tonight because one of my best friends told me yesterday, like you have to watch the Britney documentary. So okay. it's on my to do list. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it and we're the same age, so I know okay. that we like bond. When we first met, there was like some bops some bops some from our middle bops. school days playing at this pool party and we just like looked at each other not even knowing and we're like oh seven huh because <laughs> we're both just like reliving that seventh grade dance where you're like grinding on some guy with like a belt with like a you know cliche oh belt buckle God. to it and we're like oh we're the same age huh <laughs> oh you also felt a boner in like 20 like 2002 like a, <laughs> on the small of your back at some basement house party yeah, yeah. like so funny i completely forgot that that was when we met was at that mm -hmm. pool party and that i had my vegas playlist playing and you were like yes that's right it was your playlist yeah it was my playlist, and you were like what is this and it <laughs> it makes me so happy when other people connect to that playlist because mm -hmm. it's just it's like a time capsule you know and yeah. it's yeah a good time and like britney is such a big part of that era i mean that's right about when she was just like on top of the freaking world mm -hmm. and it was just so it was like our adulthood like we grew up the year that shit like really went bad for her and so having those things happen parallel was just yeah. like oh childhood's over isn't it yeah it was an abrupt abrupt ending but yeah, my, I want to watch it really badly. And my friend was talking about just how crazy it is, mm -hmm. how sexualized she was. Yeah, that too. In like teenage years. Mm -hmm. Now, like that shit would never happen. But her on magazine covers, like still a virgin at 16 or whatever. And it's just like, you would not, I don't think you would ever see that now. No, I would hope not. And yeah. they go into the very briefly but they talk about Justin Timberlake and how he was such you know also at the top of his game at that yes. time but that like he was never um made to be the villain with like their uh, relationship and then the Janet Jackson thing was also around that same period of time and it was that's like right. if that had happened to him right now he would have gotten me too oh my god you're so right it was a different time Mm -hmm. It's a different time. But yeah. the best. <laughs> Still the best. So, I think, I, can't touch I wonder it. if you've heard about this too, and it's not like I've read this in a medical journal, but you hear it enough and you're like, oh, it's got to be true. But they say that because you're the most like hormonal in your teen years, that you have the most like spiking emotions, 
that the music <laughs> that you listen to during those years becomes the music that's like then your favorite for the rest of your life because your emotions are the most heightened at those ages. That makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. And I heard somebody put that in a different way, but I think it also has to do with your first, um, your first serious relationship, the first time Mm -hmm. you're in love, because those, those chemicals, the first time you experience that are like through the roof. And so my, some of my favorite, I mean, probably my top five favorite artists to this day mm-hmm. are the same ones from my, I don't know, second half of high school. And it just hasn't, like nothing to me mm-hmm. can top those five artists. Yeah. And it's been five, I don't know, 12 years, 13 <laughs> years. Yeah. Wait, so give me the five. So Justin Timberlake, mm-hmm. Beyonce. Okay. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay. Incubus and John Mayer. Amazing. Yeah. Those are those are my faves. And those are all like, I mean, all those people were at the top of their game and all had success, but they're like different because you didn't just sit here and name like five pop artists. No, I do love pop, but I also really love rock. I love R and B. I love hip hop. But my my first boyfriend um, was the lead singer in a rock band when we were in high school. And so he, (laughs) so he introduced me to so much good music Mm -hmm. that was like less pop and more rock. So, I mean, I had, I had fucking JT and Beyonce already (laughs) under the belt by the time I met him, but things like Red Hot Chili Peppers and Incubus, that was kind of all new to me. And I mean, I knew of them, but like, not really, really in depth. And mm-hmm. yeah, I still love them so much. I haven't listened to those in depth and now I feel like I'm missing out, but it's not too uh, late. <laughs> not too late. They're, I feel like the music that they came out with around then, I think is better than some of the newer stuff, but. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's, I feel like that's most people that feel that way, but oh, if I was on a desert island and could only have one album, it would probably be Stadium Arcadium by Red Hot Chili Peppers because oh it's a God. double. It's okay. it's it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I'm going to listen to it after we get off of this while you're watching Britney. <laughs> yes. Okay. We'll just do a little swap. I'll watch yeah, the thing we'll that you want me to. Yeah. Sounds good. Did you ever have a, like an emo phase? Because I'm embarrassed to say I had like a very deep, <laughs> deep dive into that world. I had about a year and it was, oh, what was that sophomore year of high school? It was when Ashley Simpson was big. Oh, is it because she was dating Pete Wentz? So you're like, I'm going to listen to this Fallout Boy character. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> loved me some Fallout Boy. Loved me some Ashley Simpson. Do you remember her MTV show? I think it was called Pieces of Me. I do. I know the song was Pieces of Me. And I yeah. know that like, poor thing. I mean, things were going so well until that lip syncing debacle. Uh, and it's so unfair because everybody was lip syncing, but she's the only one that got canceled for it. And like, nobody talked about cancellation yet, but like she got literally canceled for lip syncing. She got canceled. She was canned after that. And mm-hmm. oh, that album, Autobiography. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. I, I mean, so good. just a Especially at that age, like where you just mm, you're all angsty and mm-hmm. that was really, really good. Um, but yeah, she was she had her hair razored. So it was like That's what it was. I remember being so jealous of that hair texture that she had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was all razored and then she dyed it really dark. And 
so I that was happening around the same time that I met my I started dating my boyfriend in high school who was the in the rock band and so I just was like <laughs> thought I was <laughs> super like hardcore for about a year there and was wearing more like I don't know rock graphic tees and mm -hmm. shit like that but <laughs> yeah what was your emo phase like oh mine was brutal and people have a hard time believing this because I'm like very clean cut now <laughs> but I had my ears gauged yeah. out like five eighths of an inch I used to be able to stick like high heels through them that's how big they were <laughs> and I Ooh, had my what? hair dyed into that like the top of it was fried platinum blonde and the bottom of it was black I did that. And then I had um, like two different nose piercings at one point. I had like a septum nose piercing and I had my lip pierced in two different places. I was a completely different person. <laughs> I want a picture of this because I cannot even visualize that. <laughs> it's deep in the Facebook archives. Um, oh. I'm so sad because I had I actually don't have that many good pictures from that era because all the photos that I had taken then that all ended up like on MySpace oh, were never my. really saved beyond like whatever childhood computer I had back then. So they just yeah. like, disappeared forever. Oh, that's a shame, man. It is. Cause I mean, I have some and it maybe I'll post one when I promote this episode <laughs> where yeah. like the hair is a little bit blonde and you can see my septum ring hanging out. And that's probably the most like hardcore photo I have. I would love that. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I, I, I do think I have some pictures from that time. And then I also, I, it wasn't an emo phase. It was actually Rihanna. I feel like a lot of my hair <laughs> choices have been heavily based on celebrities. But do you remember when Rihanna, this is mm, 2009, um, for the Disturbia music video, how her hair was the, like a faux hawk. Like it was like uh -huh. completely like pixie faux hawk. So I did a pixie faux hawk. Oh my God. <laughs> my sophomore year of college. And it was kind of like what you're saying where you had the dark and the blonde. Mm -hmm. It was dark brown and an ombre into blonde in oh the front. God. I had like literally like shaved head, like <laughs> no hair. And it was, it could look cool and kind of high fashion if I styled it right and had makeup on. But the problem was that I got really lazy with it and I never wanted to style it and so then it would just be this like soft little like <laughs> and I just without makeup I looked like Peter Pan <laughs> just looked like a small French boy who was going to his classes and it was not it wasn't cute it's crazy how much long hair can add to mm -hmm. femininity or whatever you know no. stereotypical femininity I guess it does the whole and like here's what I, I always go why didn't any of my friends stop me why didn't anybody be like hey this isn't this isn't the move and I just feel grateful all the time that I had parents who didn't allow me to get like a neck tattoo or something because I could have oh, really gone off the deep end it was like the same yes. situation as you were saying I had also dated a boy like in high school and then another one in college that were both in bands. So I was very entrenched in that whole <laughs> culture of like, oh, yes. I'm so mad at my parents, but I don't really have like a real reason to be, but I'm so mad I'm gonna pierce my nose. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What um what kinds of concerts did you go to back then? Oh, well, speaking of that phase, I saw Paramore a couple times and that oh, was the best. The best. God, her voice is so amazing. It really to this just day. When to I this day. I have the Paramore songs and I'm like, everything has to stop and I have to just like headbang to this Paramore song right yes. 
Yes. Oh my God. Same. 100%. Oh, and she was so young when Misery Business came out and that first album, I mean, so young and her voice was bonkers. So full, so powerful. Um, so yeah, Paramore, No Doubt, um, Coldplay, Beyonce, Justin Timberlake. I'm trying to think of what else I was seeing around that time. But... Those are already such amazing. So that's such a good list. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I, I love a good concert. I, mm -hmm. I'm always willing to spend money to do that. I just feel like it's, it's pretty invaluable, those experiences. And they're not as expensive when you don't live in LA. Like the concerts that I would grow up to go, grow up going to in Cleveland, I remember thinking it was steep that it was like $40. And here it's like $200 to try to go to the same show. Exactly. Yeah. It's just bananas in LA. But yeah, those were most of the ones I was going to, I think. I went to... Um, well, I'm going to ask you what your first concert is, but I'm going to interrupt you with my first concert okay. story because I know you'll appreciate it. Okay. It was 97 and it was Spice Girls. I'm so jealous that you saw them live. <laughs> oh, but here's the thing. Um, we had bought the tickets in April and the show was going to be in July. And in between buying the ticket and seeing the show, Ginger left. No. Man. Moment of silence for Ginger from the Spice Girls. Ginger, that is rough. <laughs> In that two-month window, that's when that happened. Yeah, brutal. Oh. <laughs> Man, it's just they're it's just not the same. It's just not the same with four of them. It's not. Mm -hmm. And they stopped. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but they never put out another album after that. Did they do an? They did a song. I remember they did a song, but I don't know if they did a full album. The four of them. I think it was maybe just a song. Yeah, that was know. the downfall. It Had was. <laughs> they could not stay afloat. Um, well, my first concert is not too dissimilar from yours. Mine was in sync, and it was at Silver Mountain in Kellogg, Idaho. <laughs> it was. This was. This must have been right after, I don't know if you remember their Disney special. Do you remember this? It was like mm. Disney. I don't think I saw it. Oh my God. So it was NSYNC in concert. Um, what is the name of the documentary? Did you see the boy band documentary on YouTube? It's kind of like all about Lou Pearlman and yeah, his downfall. Okay. Yeah. What was that called? I don't remember what that was called. It's going to bug me. I don't know either, but it was recent. Like, I feel like I saw it within the last two years. Yes. Mm -hmm. Really, really good. Um, highly recommended to any listeners who are into the that whole boy band mm -hmm. um, phase and stuff. But uh, Backstreet Boys were really getting going. I don't know if you remember this in the documentary. And they were they were actually quite a bit ahead of NSYNC at the time. Yeah, and I forgot that until the documentary. I would have assumed that it was exactly like at the same time. Me too. Yeah. So Backstreet Boys had already gained a certain amount of fame at that point. Mm -hmm. And NSYNC was trying to break through and Disney offered Backstreet Boys that concert, like that slot. And they said, no, I don't remember why, but NSYNC was like, yeah, we'll do it. And that shit played on a fucking loop on Disney for like ever. And that's like, pfft, 
that's what I think when I saw them was that they put together a tour right after that. And it was just like lights out. I mean, talk about, I, I know being in LA and that whole rat race feeling, we're always feeling FOMO and feeling like we have to say yes to everything because you never know. And while that's not healthy, that's such a dangerous example of what happens if you turn something down that somebody else can get it. And like, yeah. But I guess Backstreet Boys didn't need it by that point because they still, to me, are just as big of a name. I feel like those two names are both equally huge. And yes. what's funny about Spice Girls failing when Ginger left is that it seems like five was the magical number for like pop sensation groups then. Absolutely. 98 Degrees, I mean, they did their thing, but they were not in that same category of- No, they weren't. And they didn't boys. have as many songs that like popped. Right. Yeah, something about five, man. Something about five. And oddly enough, I feel like 90 Degrees, not that they weren't going to be really famous, but I feel like Nick Lachey and Jessica Simpson's relationship made them more famous collectively, at yes. least in my perspective. I think so too. Yeah. 90 Degrees, Bewitched was four, and they were, you know, great. Dream yeah. was four. Destiny's Child was four. Oh, you know, Desi's Child, exception to the rule then, huh? Mm -hmm. But I guess they were better when they were three than when they were four. Yeah. Four, they were a revolving door when it was four because they lost two people, swapped in two people, lost one of those people, and then became three. Mm-hmm. And then it just became Beyonce and everyone. And then it like, just okay, Beyonce. We're just going to stop trying to add people to her thing. <laughs> we're, yeah, it, it just, it was what it was. But oh God, I love Beyonce so much. Um, I'm yeah, sad that I have so not to nerd seen out with her. <laughs> I still. Oh, you haven't seen her live? No. Because by yeah. the time I like really want it, I just don't even. I'm sure she came to Cleveland, but I think yeah. I only really got like more interested after moving out here. And by then, same thing of like crazy expensive. Even to get nosebleeds, it's like so hard to get tickets for that here. Yeah, I went to, I saw her at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena and again, paid an absurd amount of money mm-hmm. to see her and the tickets were just, I mean, the seats were fine, yeah. but just to even be there in her presence. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll appreciate this. The only show I've seen at the Rose Garden was um, when Eminem and Rihanna were touring together. I saw their show together and it was so fucking cool. Oh my god, I have goosebumps. It was just too... First of all, I think it's so cool that they even agreed to go on tour together. Wow. But it was like half and half, so they would each do their songs, and then they came together, and they would add each other to songs that they weren't on. Because I think they just had those two ballads together that were like Mm -hmm. basically the same songs, but, but like two different songs. Yes. But then he... Any song that he had that had like the Dido song, like anything that had female vocals on it, she came on and did. And it was like, oh, this is so good. Oh my God, my brain's exploding. I love both of them so much. Um, I've wanted to see Eminem live for so long. Um, yeah, I've been I've been to a couple of those concerts where it's, I've been to like Jay-Z and Beyonce together, mm-hmm. Jay-Z and Justin Timberlake together. Oh, cool. And it just does shows like that feel like such a special experience because you are seeing them perform together at a time Mm -hmm. where you wouldn't otherwise. And 
Oh, I'm so jealous. I wish I could have seen that. That sounds awesome. He was, and this is just, I think, well, my parents are foreigners and they were very like, <laughs> not, I would say they're still not with it <laughs> with certain things, right. but they definitely were not with it back when like Eminem was coming onto the scene. Nobody yeah. supervised what CDs I was getting my hands on. Like that was the last thing on their minds. So I would get Eminem CDs. And I remember being like 10 years old when one of the first albums came out. <laughs> And we would do these um, road trips to visit family in New York. And it's like a nine hour drive from Cleveland. But all of the Russian families would like load into these minivans and do these nine hour road trips to New York. And I had like my little Walkman player <laughs> with my <laughs> yep. CD in it. <laughs> yes. I remember oh. like driving to New York and listening and hearing his song that's like about mushrooms. <laughs> And thinking, why would a pizza topping do that to a girl? Like, how could it make it stick? <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah, I remember. I have such a dorky picture of me on my seventh grade slumber party. And I'm sorry, whatever that was, whatever year that was for my birthday. And I got Ludacris Word of Mouth as yes, a gift. Yes, another amazing album. One of the best. And it's just me holding it up going, and I look so deeply Caucasian. It's just this like <laughs> white kid in the suburbs like, Luda. And I wore that album out. I love that album. Still, I don't think a, there's not a lot of people that get me hyped like Ludacris gets it, which is, it feels dorky to say that, but honestly, his songs just all had like this insane fucking energy to them that I don't even know like who is equal to that. There's certain songs that I'm like, I have to sing every word of this while it's on. I don't care who sees me. It has to happen. It's like instinctual. Yes. I feel like he's kind of underrated, which is weird because he had so much success. Right. But I think people think more of like a Kanye or a Jay-Z in terms of the mm -hmm. best and in terms of singles that Ludacris right. put out that were like nothing he put out ever sucked no it really didn't and every song sounded so like Blueberry Yum Yum sounds so different than like Southern yes. Hospitality yes sounds so different than like oh god move bitch. there were those couple move bitch. yeah all of it is just so like every song is so different and yeah. I especially loved the air when he started doing stuff with like little John oh, lovers and friends yes it's so catchy so fun one of the best <laughs> something with Ludacris that I really liked and it's not fair to say that like other rappers don't do this because I'm sure like Jay-Z and Kanye and everybody does this to some yeah. respect but Ludacris and Eminem were both rappers that like also told stories and also were funny. Like, I don't know a lot of songs that made me laugh the way that like Ludacris and Eminem songs made me laugh. Yes. I couldn't agree more. Feel the exact same way. Yeah. Lyrically, also, it was different. Mm -hmm. I also had like a huge crush on Eminem. <laughs> I still, I have <laughs> the biggest crush on Eminem. Oh my God. Eight Mile? Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> When they gave him the dark hair too. I'm like, oh, daddy, keep the dark hair. <laughs> so hot. Oh my God. I remember him fucking Brittany Murphy and just being like, 
my brain exploding. I know we're like in high school and we're like oh, this, this, more of this, please. Yeah, I remember watching it. I think it must have been with a group of friends at some sort of weekend gathering and just being like <laughs> thinking in my head, like I'm feeling tingles downstairs. I don't know what that means. <laughs> like sitting with like a pillow over my lap, like uh, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I just heard. Okay. So I'll just say there's, I'm not going to get in trouble for this, but there may or may not be a hack to getting serious XM. There may or may not be a Reddit hack. I'll leave it at that. Um, okay. I may or may not have used that to get serious XM on my car recently. And um, I'll tell you off the air how to do it, but okay. <laughs> there's this station that's just 2000s music on serious XM. Yes. One and of my favorites. The fucking, the absolutely, like, hands down my favorite Sirius XM channel. Mm-hmm. And I was driving recently. God, I wish I could remember the song that came on before it, but some fucking banger was on. Oh, oh, it was so different. <laughs> it was so different than the next song that came on, which was Eminem's Superman, which is, why is that the hottest song that's ever been written? <laughs> why? I couldn't tell you. I really couldn't tell you. Oh, um, we're going to do, my dad and I for Trumpet Tuesday are going to do um, Real Slim Shady. That, yes. Yeah, we're going to do that. I'm very excited. Oh, that's phenomenal. Yeah. I'm what were your, um, did you have like your NSYNC crushes or was it Backstreet Boys crushes or like, tell me who was it? Cause I know it was somebody. Oh, huge, huge crush on Lance, which was really no. Oh, you're like an outlier. Okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously everybody loved JT. I love JT, but there's something, something special to me about Lance. (laughs) Really love Lance Bass very much. Still do. Still love all of them. I always feel though that JC was underrated. In, within in sync was vocally mm-hmm. yeah the she, best one in the band vocally for sure he always had like the hardest parts of the songs do you remember um sailing on their first album which is a cover of the other song sailing um i don't think so oh my god if i heard it probably but i don't remember a lot of those songs by name okay jc and that song is Goosebumps, chills. I listened to it recently and just to remember what that sounded like. It's, he's so good. I was a um, Nick Carter person, <laughs> which I feel like is so weird now because I don't know, he fell off at some point and I don't know what he's been through. I'm not trying to judge him, but he didn't age as well as some of the other boy band guys did. So looking right. back on it, it's a little weird to be like, oh, I was obsessed with Nick Carter, but I fully had like, an 18 inch poster of him on my bedroom door. Uh, like every cover, every copy of Teen Beat, mm-hmm. all of that. My yeah, my my bedroom walls were covered in that shit. Kids don't do that now. I don't think they get magazines anymore, so that's probably part of it. But I right. would treat magazine pages as posters and just cover the walls and like cover my locker in them. That's exactly what I did. Yeah, I would just take scissors, cut it out of the, and just put it on my wall no second thought to it also I don't think that kids and I could be wrong but I don't think they have book fairs 
anymore. Maybe they do, oh, but did you ever tragic. have book fairs? Yeah, in your in your elementary school, and you could buy posters there, like with like yeah. kittens with a butterfly on it, or I don't know. I, I used to get that all the time. When you, I can like smell a Scholastic book fair. <laughs> that is so funny because as soon as you said that, I was like, "Yep, goosebumps." Um, <laughs> animorphs. Oh my god, animorphs! Magic eye books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. R.L. Stein. R.L. Stein. <laughs> I had the covers to those books are burned into my head forever. Yeah. Like, do you remember the one with the dog with the red eyes? Yes. Yeah. But the Animorphs ones too, because I can think of like some of the actors and remembering when it eventually came out as a show. And mm-hmm. then it would just be like seven stages of some actor like morphing into a wolf and then the wolf. <laughs> and, and now looking back at it, I'm like, that's pretty traumatic. It is. And we just accepted that mm-hmm. wholeheartedly. But yeah, that's my the favorite. It's <laughs> the best line of the whole podcast is I can still smell a scholastic book fair. <laughs> Where's that candle, Bath and Body Works, please? Oh my God. <laughs> that would sell out so fast. Yeah. They really they should, should do, do that. that. Well, we yeah. always used to have like arts and crafts fairs, and you yeah. would just like bring in your shitty glued macaroni and then like sell it as a Christmas ornament <laughs> to the parents that would come in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had all that too. Those were the good old days. Mm hmm. <laughs> Did you ever do, uh, did you get into like burned CDs? Did I? I was (laughs) constantly making burned CDs. I actually still have um, a box of CDs in my car. That's the only place I still have a CD player is in my car. And I kept all of them. Like I kept all of the mixes I made. I kept any, I still have ludicrous (laughs) word of mouth. I still have all of that shit. It's I'm jealous that you still have those because that's so fun. It, it There's something different about it. It's like, a now that's what I call music. Oh, now? Like, <laughs> what are they on? Like 50 or 60? 3,000, <laughs> yeah. But like now seven, you can't replicate that magic by just making a Spotify playlist of this. It's just, it's different. It's different yeah. when it's on a CD and you don't know what's going to come next. It's so fun. That's so true. I was in Joshua Tree over the summer with my friend who kept all of her burn CDs from that era. And we, and she like just was ignoring them for the longest time. They were just sitting yeah. idly in the car until we get out to Joshua Tree and there's no service. So we can't get the phone to connect. And it's like, ooh, bitch, take out the burn CDs. <laughs> <laughs> and there, there were now volume, you know, 10 or 11 or whatever from that era. And yeah, they're so good. And they're songs that you wouldn't think to put on the Spotify playlist and yeah. that's what makes it good because you're like well I wouldn't pick this song myself but I'm glad it's here but yes that is the magic of now like the now DJ you know <laughs> they they dig things up that you just wouldn't even think about but you're like yeah exactly what I said I'm glad you're here yeah well, I appreciate okay. you coming on to talk to me about this but I don't want to hold you up from the <laughs> documentary because you need to <laughs> tell me what you think after you watch it priorities I will message you afterward and you should listen to Stadium Arcadium I'm going to I'm adding it to my Spotify right now I'm so excited so the song Charlie on <laughs> the first disc of Stadium Arcadium is still to this day my all-time favorite song I'm so excited to hear it 
It's so good. It's one of those ones that sounds like three different songs in one where like the beginning sounds like one song, middle sounds like a different, it's just so good. I hope you like it. You might not, but I hope. No, you. I think I will. I like Red Hot Chili Peppers, but I've never um, actually gotten to like hear a whole album through. But one year I, I worked at Coachella the year that they were headlining it probably like four or five years ago. No way. Yeah, I was selling merch, like Coachella merch at their main booth because it was like the only way to get paid to go and like yeah. we got free accommodations and everything. And I was by myself and I got off a shift and like ran to go watch them. And <sighs> they were phenomenal. And so Flea, like, I, how old is this man at this point? Like, for sure in his 50s. And yeah. he's fucking climbing the structure on the side of the stage that, like, holds the lights up. And this man is climbing it horizontally like some kind of 20-year-old breakdancer. It, it was just, like, my mind was blown. <laughs> they're so good. I got to see them live in L.A. a few years ago. And it's just, like, ugh, they're amazing. Such a good concert. So. Such good performers. Yeah, uh, they have been doing it for so long. They absolutely know what they're doing. So yeah, I hope you like it. I will. Um, well, where can people find you and um, promote your special one more time? Thanks. So you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Kelsey Cook Comedy. You can go to my website, KelseyCook.com for tour dates. And uh, my epic special comes out on February 26th. So mark your calendars and, and watch it. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. And um, everybody, thank you for listening and stay curious.